Praise the Lord. Let's go to the, to the book of Psalms tonight. I want to talk to you just tonight about I think what would be the most appropriate thing we've this week we've talked a lot about having faith for others. We've talked about our identity in Christ. Amen. Who we are in him. And I believe the Holy Spirit tonight uh, just how the worship flowed and making sure that we understand why all this is going to work. Amen. We talked about the mechanics. If you are here tonight and you need healing, we're going to minister to you. And the fact that you're here is enough. So you don't have to worry about anything. You just you just let the Spirit of God touch your life. Amen. And um, so I want to talk to you tonight about the atonement. Hallelujah. So we're going to look in Psalm 103. We're going to get into the Word a little bit, and then we're going to turn you loose, all those that were trained. Anyone else the pastors feel are ready? Maybe I know some of, some of our people had to work, and don't want to leave you out. So someone got, JR, someone got healed with arthritis you prayed for? Awesome. Amen. So all kinds of stuff is happening. Amen. Psalm 103, bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. The way we would say that in common language is don't forget any of his benefits. Amen. Who pardons all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The first thing I want you to see in the psalm tonight is that sin and sickness are two fruits of the same tree. In the scripture, constantly, we find that sin and sickness are always grouped together. And this is essential in understanding the atonement. Because what Jesus paid the price for, we're going to find that in Isaiah chapter 53 in a moment. But sin and sickness come from the same tree if you're taking notes the second thing we find is that sin and sickness came into the world by man's sin or by Adam's sin Romans 5 verse 12 says wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Sickness is a type of death. It's death in motion. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that would be Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's look at verse 6 of Psalm 103. We're still there. So he pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. 
Psalm 103 and verse 6, The Lord performs righteous deeds. He performs what? Righteous deeds and judgment for all who are oppressed. That's a good thing to underline, is that we find in Acts 10.38 the word oppressed. Are you hearing tonight? God is in control, amen? So let's just hear the word. God wants to help us tonight, amen? Sin and sickness are always grouped together. It came in through Adam. Jesus is taking it out, amen? He has taken it out. It says in Psalm verse 103, verse 6, The Lord performs righteous deeds and executes judgment for all who are oppressed. So the heart of God hates oppression. Acts 10.38 says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all those oppressed by the devil. So anytime there's oppression, it's never God. Anytime there's heaviness, it's never God. Anytime there's, you know, we're being hurt in our bodies in any way, it doesn't mean you have a devil, but it means that we're living in a fallen world. And that's why it's in this world. And that's why one of the reasons why Jesus died for us. Amen? The third thing we need, to, we need to note is that Jesus treated sin and sickness the same. He treated sin and sickness the same. How did he treat them? He removed them. Can you say amen to that? Jesus removed them. So in his, in his mind, there's no difference. That's why we find in Matthew chapter 9. Let's go there, Matthew chapter 9. Hallelujah. I'll read it out of the New American Standard. Getting into the boat in verse 1, he crossed over. I heard Pastor Graham talk about that. We're crossing over, amen? And he came to his own city, and behold, they were bringing to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Take courage, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? But which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise and walk. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the multitude saw this, they were filled with awe and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Amen. And so the thing is this, is that he, he treated sin and sickness the same, and he removed it. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Or not 1 John, the Gospel of John rather. The Gospel of John and then chapter 3. The atonement just means what Jesus purchased for us. Through his death. Through his suffering. Can you say amen to that? With his stripes we're healed. He went to the whipping post, and he received 40 lashes minus one. Are you hearing that? 
And there's a reason for that. He took away our sins. He took away our sicknesses. Let's go to John chapter 3 because we want to see what is in the atonement. Let's look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes may in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. Are you hearing that tonight? So what I want you to draw your attention to is the fact that he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Say that with me. As Moses lifted up the serpent. It's good to say things out loud so it gets in your, in your mind. So the Son of Man had to be lifted up. Where is that found? Let's go to Numbers chapter 21. We're going to read verses 4 through 9. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red, of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Isn't that interesting? The soul of the people was discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. They said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul hates or loathes this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much, much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned. For we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he will take, the, take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, in verse 8, Make, make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall, come up, it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. Brass is symbolic of judgment. He put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if any serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So Jesus, this is a type and shadow of Christ. That's why he said, as Moses had to lift up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. For what? For our healing. Because everyone that looked on that brass serpent lived. Everyone that looked upon that brass serpent in Israel in the Old Testament received their healing. So, so why is this scripture important? Because it proves that what Jesus did, it proves that, it proves that when he died on the cross, it included our healing. He didn't die just to save you. He didn't die. He didn't suffer just so we could go to heaven. He he suffered so that we, we also could be healed physically in our bodies. So that we could also, so that our soul. It says it says their soul was discouraged. Their soul was depressed because of the journey, because of the way. So see, he took all of that from us. Amen. Hallelujah. John 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and destroy. He says, I have come that they might have life, that they ha might have it more abundantly. I want to read to you Isaiah 53. Amen. And then we're going to go through a couple, couple things. 
as far as how to minister to people, and we're going to turn you loose, and God's going to move. Amen? But it's so important to understand that the reason all this is possible is because of what Jesus purchased for us. Amen? So he treated sin and sickness the same. How did he treat them? He removed them. Say that with me. He treats sin and sickness the same. He removes them. See, there's no difference to God. Sickness, sin, sin, sickness. It doesn't matter to God in the sense that there's not one that's more difficult than the other. If you look upon that serpent, you'll live. That's Christ. Are you hearing that? What did Moses do? He threw down his rod and it became what? Serpent. What did the false magicians have? Serpents. But what, what happened is Moses' staff, which became a certain, ate, ate up those other serpents. That means that God's power is superior to all that. Amen? Hallelujah. So Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1 says, Who has believed our message or our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord is the power of the Lord. The kingdom of God is not just in word only, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not just, it's not just words, it's in power. Do you say amen to that? It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom is not just in words only, but it's in power. Hallelujah. In verse 2, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. Isaiah 53, verse 3, he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with griefs. That's a bad translation. The word sorrows is literally physical pains. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, a man of pains. And he was acquainted with grief. It's not the word grief. It's literally the word sickness. So a man of pains, acquainted with sickness. Why? Because Jesus was the Lamb of God. He's our substitute. That's why you and I have a right to not put up with sickness and disease in our bodies. You have to go back to the beginning. Well, how did God make man? He didn't make man, you know, partially blind with a limp and then with, you know, spinal bifida and Eve, Eve was a paralytic. And no, he made them whole. He made them complete. But sin came into this world. And because of that death and sickness and all this stuff started to invade, that's why Jesus came to shut all that down, not just to ensure our salvation, but to ensure our health to ensure our healing, to get sickness off your body, to get sin off our lives, amen? To set our souls free, our minds free. Hallelujah. Look at verse 4. Surely, I didn't, I didn't read the rest. So he's a man of pains, acquainted with sickness. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore. There again you have the word sicknesses. Surely our sicknesses he himself bore. That means he took it. He, he was your substitute. And our sorrows or our pains he carried. Say that with me. Surely our sicknesses he himself bore. And our pains he carried. It says that he carried our pains and our sicknesses away. Because in the Old Testament they would put all the sin on the scapegoat. 
and they'd have to send the scapegoat outside the camp. So he didn't just take it in the sense, he, he took it off us, and he took, he took it away from us. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he did for us. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Amen? That means he's our substitute. It's in the atonement. He paid the price for it. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. With his stripes we are healed. So we have to know that. Amen? We, we must know that if healing is in the, in the atonement, this is the next thing, if healing is in the atonement, then it means it's already done. It's an established fact. Amen. So I just wanted to bring out just a few of those truths tonight. And we can study that as, as time goes on. But tonight is a night that we want to begin to minister. Amen. So now I'm going to start talking to all those that have been through the training. How you're going to minister tonight. And this, I'm just going to read off this list. is John G. Lake's Secrets of Divine Healing. 83 in my manual, it's probably in the new manuals, it's probably 88 or 89 or somewhere in there. Is your faith rising up in your hearts? Hallelujah. You've already seen God do stuff, haven't we? We must never forget, it's because of his sacrifice, because of the atonement, amen? It's never of ourselves. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. All glory and honor are to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to any man, but to him. He's the head of the church. We honor man, but glory is to God. Amen. Secrets of divine healing. Number one, destroy sacred cows concerning sickness and power. That's what we've done for these last three days. Systematically, see a sacred cow comes from you know, like in, like in India, some of the Hindus, they, they won't eat the cow, right? They don't know the revelation of Oxo, or they don't understand Vegemite. So pe- people will be starving, but they're not going to eat Uncle, Uncle Fred because that, that's what they believe. All right, that's, that's sad. That's a, that's a tragedy. And so in the same way, just, just, how, just how sad that is in the natural to see people dying when there's, when there's potentially food that they could eat. The devil does the same thing. He, he trips us up to believe wrong things so that we are hindered in how we minister healing. So people are dying, people are sick. Because of that reason, they need help. And so that's what we have to do, destroy sacred cows concerning sickness and power. The second thing we must do is that we must recognize sickness and disease as an enemy. It's never a way God is going to teach you. God doesn't teach you through sickness. Ever, because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. To say, the Holy, to say that God's teaching us through a sickness is to say that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of infirmity. Are you awake still? So he'll never teach you through sickness. You would never teach your child through sickness. Hi, little Johnny, I, I think I want to teach you today and smash his hand with a hammer. You know, or Would you ever do that? It's, it's a heinous, gruesome thought. 
how much more your heavenly Father, who's perfect, who loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't try to teach you through sickness. That's a lie of the devil. Number three is get fed up. Fed up does not mean worked up. That's important. Say fed up is not worked up. Fed up means you're not going to put up with anything anymore. See, this is good training tonight. Distractions are good. Because what have we learned all week, students? We don't need atmosphere. What are you going to do in the mission field? You know, sometimes devils come out. Sometimes devils scream. I'm not saying the baby. I'm just saying that's a... Yeah, I I really don't want you to misunderstand me. I say, that doesn't bother me. It shouldn't bother you, amen? Kids are kids. I have my, my little girl is, is going to be 17 months in a couple weeks. Or I've got kids in my church, and, you know, the funniest things happen. I mean, really wild things. They talk about making you humble. Praise the Lord. God, God just has a way. You know, he has, he has a way. We can't, we can't depend on controlled environments. I remember I was getting ready to prophesy to a church in Estonia. I had the word of the Lord. And then God said, she shall be your wife. I thought, what? It's my wife, Veronica, six years ago. And she heard the same thing at the same time, by the way. So don't just say, the Lord said you're my husband. And he doesn't know. God also has to tell him, too. That's just a side note. Amen. That's scary. Destroy sacred cows. Have we done that? Recognize sickness and disease as an enemy. Get fed up. That means you get determined to not put up with it anymore. Number four, treat all sickness the same. Treat it all the same. There's no difference between a headache, a migraine, arthritis. It's all the devil. It's all not of God. It's all not God's will. It's all an enemy. Are you hearing that? Treat it all the same. Treat it like an enemy. Next one, treat it like a person. Treat all sickness like a person. Whether there's literally a demonic presence there or not is immaterial. It does not matter. But as far as you're concerned, it's an enemy to be dealt with. Can you say amen to that? Treat it all like a person. Whenever Jesus... See, Jesus was a faith teacher. He was a faith preacher. He talked about faith. He spoke to mountains. He spoke to trees. He, he, spoke, he spoke to storms. He taught his disciples. We're faith people. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. So the next one is number six, command and don't beg. Command, don't beg. We're not commanding God, but we're commanding the situation to change. Amen? Hallelujah. We're not interceding. Oh, Lord, please touch this person. And Now, sometimes when you pray, you're used to praying a certain way. And it's okay if sometimes when I pray for people, I'll say, Father, I just thank you right now for, for letting me participate in this healing. I thank you for what you're going to do. And then I start talking to the problem. So don't, don't get tied up with, you know, a slip of the tongue or if you start praying. But the concept is you're speaking to the mountain. You're speaking. You're engaging the enemy. And you're not going to 
You're not going to ask the enemy anything. You're not going to ask the Lord if it be thy will. No, you're there to, get, to help the person. You're there to get that sickness off them, to get that devil off them. So you command with authority. Amen? Number seven, speak to the problem. Excuse me. Speak to the problem and not to other people about the problem. That's where we get into trouble sometimes. Number eight, see people as oppressed prisoners of war. We're in a battle. Jesus won the war for us, but this world is caught in a crossfire between good and evil. So we have to see people as prisoners of war. If, you know, just imagine if you, if you had something hindering your physical body. You're not able to do the things that you're supposed to do, that you're meant to do. So it's like you're a prisoner. Doesn't mean you're bad. That's why I want, if, if you need healing tonight, I don't want anyone to feel bad. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. God's not mad at you. God's not judging you. God's here to help you. He's here to love you. He's here to set you free. That's why we're here. You just, you just, that guy wants to show his love for you by ministering to you his power and his healing. Amen? Hallelujah. Number nine, get clean and stay clean. Get clean and stay clean. That means don't let any sin in your life. I'm talking to those that are ministering healing tonight. Make sure you're clean. Get clean and stay clean. How do you get clean by repenting. Amen? Repentance means you just change your mind, you agree with the Word of God, you go the other way. And then you stay clean by trusting that God has made you righteous. The blood of Jesus has made you righteous. You're not supposed to be like Job and every day offer sacrifices to God and say, Oh God, you know, I hope I'm clean. I hope I'm right with you. I'm hope, I hope you're pleased with me. No, that's not the kind of life we're supposed to live. Jesus is our worthiness. Say that with me. Jesus is my worthiness. He is my righteousness. Amen. Number 10, stay out of pride. Because as you begin to minister to people, God's going to move through you. And you have to stay out of pride. Why? Because anyone could do what you're doing. All believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen? Stay out of pride. Anyone could be doing what you're doing. Number 11, one of the most important things is be aggressive. And develop your aggressiveness. Amen? Number 12, be led by God's character and nature. Be led by his character and nature. That's called being led by the Spirit. The best way to be led by the Holy Ghost is to be led by the Word of God, by his character and nature. What would God do? What would Jesus do if he was physically here? You are Christ to people. You are Jesus to people. Be led by that. Amen? 13, accept responsibility for your fellow man. Accept responsibility for your fellow man. Amen? Number 14, decide to obey the Bible and not some arbitrary feeling. J.R. was saying that as they went out today, they started to get hit, right? Some tiredness and depression hit you guys and 
But they pressed in. They said, we're not receiving that. We're not going to give in to this feeling. And as they pressed in, a person with arthritis was totally healed. So what would have happened if they bowed to that? Amen? That's why the enemy's word, I mean the enemy's job is to get you off the word. Hallelujah. For, so the last one, number 15. Know that God is, God is with you. Know that God is with you. He's in you and he's for you. With you, in you, for you. You say amen to that? All right. Let's do this thing. This is what I would like. I would like all those that have been trained to stand. That means you're here for all the sessions. I'd like you to... I'd like you to come up here if someone could help me move this pulpit back or move it out of the way or whatever. Thank you, sir. Perfect. Are all those that were trained, come please stand in the front. I'm going to pray for you and commission you. You've already been commissioned by the Lord. Amen. I'm just going to read you the scripture in Matthew chapter 10. Praise God. Matthew 10 verse 1 says, Having summoned his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits. Jesus has given you authority. You belong to him. You're children of God. You're sons of God. Amen. And because of him, you have inherited authority. You have authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Don't acquire gold or silver or copper. That, mean, that means do it for, for God. Don't do it for money. Amen? Hallelujah. Because the worker is worthy of his hire. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for what you've deposited in your, in your sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord, that, that you have invested in them. And, Father, that this is the beginning of great days. This is the beginning of wonderful days. That, Lord, they're going to make a difference in this dying world. Father, thank you for that faith. Thank you for the word of God that has been sown. Every word of God is like seeds of light that have been sown on the inside. And I thank you, Holy Ghost, that after I'm gone, that your spirit is going to water the seed. That these people will become faithful, faith-filled, and powerful. That there are instruments in your hands. Battle axes in your hands. Instruments of healing to touch people's lives. Instruments of deliverance. Hallelujah. And also, and also battle axes to destroy the chains of the enemy in Jesus' name. So I commission you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to go forth to do the will of the Lord. Receive that right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, I'd like you to please stand and face everybody. And if you're here tonight and you need to be prayed for, or you, need to, you, need, you have sickness in your body, or you're struggling with something, I'd like you just to lift your hands. All right? 
Right, that's, okay, so there's not... There's, okay, that's good. So keep, please keep your hand raised if you can. And I'd like, I'd like uh, the ones that have been trained to please go up. You can, you can just gather around. All right, guys, in the front. Go to the people that have their hands raised, please. Now, before, don't do anything yet. I just want to coach you a little bit, okay? Maybe, uh, no, it's okay. We don't need music. Uh, JR, come here for a minute, please. Now, before you guys do anything, don't minister yet. I want you to look up here. Now, this is what, ne- this is what needs to happen, okay? When you are going to minister to someone, now, this is different than the treasure hunting thing. This is, this is like in this setting or whatever. So, you want to, you know, ask the person or introduce yourself. Say, my name is so-and-so. Obviously, you probably know some of these people, but this is just a general rule. That's just common sense, right? So I'm say common sense. All right. And you want, you want to ask them, what do they need? What can you do for them? All right? Now, here's the thing. Technically, you don't really need to know. But when you get an indication from them of what's wrong or what they're struggling with, what, ha- what happens is, is that you have something to focus your faith on. But what I want you to remember is that you're not a doctor. Your job is to not go into people's past. Your job is not to try to figure out all the symptoms. If someone starts to tell you too many symptoms, just say, thank you, that's okay, I don't need to know all that. We're going to minister life to you. I was in England doing one of these, and a lady prayed for me, and I, or I prayed for a lady, she asked for help. I said, what's going on? She says, she starts going on this list. She's just, I said, she said, I have a lot wrong with me. I said, okay, no problem. I said, Jesus is going to touch you. Ministered life to her, just, and I'm going to show you how to do that, okay? And it turns out she was in a really bad car accident, and her, she had all kinds of stuff wrong with her. God totally healed her, and she was a doctor, and she testified at the end how the Spirit of God had miraculously healed her. Now, I'll be honest with you. Had I known that she was a doctor, maybe, maybe I would have stumbled in faith. So a lot of times, the less you know, the better. All right? So you don't need to know everything. You don't need to know the name of the devil. We've covered all that, right? Just, just ask them what's going on, if they have pain, you know, and then just... Just minister life to them. So what you want to do is tell the problem what you want it to do. Tell the sickness what you want it to do. Is that okay? And then as, you are, <clears throat> as you're speaking to the thing, at some point what I recommend, this is not in the Bible, this is not a rule you have to follow, but I've noticed that at some point you want to say go or you want... In other words, sickness, I come against you, I break your power, and then you're going to say go. I want, I want you to practice saying go. Ready? I'm going I'm to cue you. Say go. Okay, now that's good, but now I want it to come from your spirit. It should sound like this. Go. Feel that? From your belly, from your spirit, man. Now remember, volume doesn't equal power. But sometimes you have to rise up and let that aggression come out, and it's okay to get a little loud, okay? If you're praying for a child, make, make sure that you're not going to scare them. You can minister life to them. You don't have to say, devil, I come out, you know, don't do any of that, all right? 
Are you with me? Now, for those of you that are receiving prayer, hopefully you don't feel like guinea pigs. Because, and I mean that because, you know, we're not experimenting on you. The Holy Spirit is in these people, and God's going to touch you. And I'm going to, and I'm, I've been doing this for a while. I know what I'm doing. And I'm going to oversee this. All these people are good people. Amen. And we're going to make sure that everything flows in decency and in order. All right. So you speak to the problem, and then when you're, re- when you're ready to say go, you with me? When you're ready to say go, you just either take them by the hand and say go, or you just touch them on the shoulder. You don't have to do the head. Remember, you don't have to touch the body part that hurts because the Spirit of God is life. It's going to go through you and go to the area that needs fixing. All right? Is that okay? You can even take them by the hands. All right? But that's what I recommend you do. All right? So are we ready? All right. Let's, let's trust the Spirit of God to do miracles. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'll turn you loose. Go for it. In Jesus' name. But remember, you take authority, right? You tell the problem what to do. You lay hands, you release life. Amen? You can say go, you can say be free, be set free, be healed. You don't have to say go, it can be anything. Be free, be set free, be healed. The Lord Jesus heals you now in Jesus' name. So you're going to develop your own style. You'll, de- you'll develop whatever, whatever feels right. You just let it flow out of you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got, if you got a uh, instant manifestation, I want you to come to the front. It could be a complete healing. It could be like a partial if you felt in your body the power of God, I want you to come to the front.